State football takes no days off, people. We're here with the Penn State podcast. This is Donnie Collins, your host, with your co-host, Sam Freeman. Sam, how are we doing? I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> well, we'll see over the next couple of days how I'm doing. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll get to the big issue, which is Joe Paterno later in the show. And that's always a not fun debate for me. So I'm not looking forward to it, Sam. But... I think it needs to be discussed, so we're going to discuss it. But what I want to start off with is something that's aggravating me more than anything. This is not news. This is not anything but conjecture and something to talk about and something to get clicks about. And, you know, you you write a couple of paragraphs about it and everybody gets up in arms. Bo Prabula has won in winter workouts. I think just about every workout warrior of the day or competitor of the day or whatever Danny O'Brien, the quarterback's coach, is giving for winter workouts. And and, and coaches do this nowadays. You know, they, they they pick a kid who had the best workout, and they it's it's a way to get we used to do it in the newspaper business. Names and faces was the thing. You know, you get you you put a million nonsense little tidbits, but you mention a million names and put pictures in, and people will buy it to see pictures and and, and read names and, and and things like that. And that's what this is for coaches. It's a it's a way to get players recognition who aren't getting enough recognition. And I'm not saying Daniel Bryan's doing anything wrong, but Bo Prabula has won five of these. And I think he's given out five competitor of the day in the weight room, whatever it is. But here's the problem, Sam. It's, it's, it's generated some buzz and it's generated some buzz. in what I think is the wrong way. You know, now everybody kind of is wondering why isn't Drew Aller involved here? Why is he getting just, embarrassed and 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 workouts every day and and the answer to that is i don't know but my response to that answer is it is never in the past mattered who the competitor of the day was in the spring and in, in, in february what it's not even the spring it's february it's never mattered why does it all of a sudden matter when it's the two quarterbacks i will tell you why i think it matters the fans want a quarterback controversy they don't want drew they want Bo. Is, is that what it simply comes down to? And I'm not saying all fans, but a segment of the fans. Well, I mean, I, I think you're right in the sense of I think there's a, a pocket of the fan base that, you know, is is unhappy with how the team has played. I, I, we can, again, debate whether that should be the case, given their, you know, their record as of late. Um, but I, I think there's a pocket of the fan base that's very unhappy and they're looking for somebody to blame. I, I think that's why you see. I think it's why you see the fire Franklin, um, you know, the the fire Franklin factions on social media every once in a while is just because they're if you're unhappy, there's got to be somebody that needs to be, quote unquote, held accountable for whatever it may be. And I, I think the quarterback is the is the easiest to do that to outside of the head coach. You know, I, I think you're right when. When Clifford was quarterback, it was it was Will Levis needs to be the starter when. Well, when Clifford was quarterback, it was Drew Aller needs to be the starter. When now when Aller's the starter, it, it needs to be Pabula. I mean, even even when Clifford started for the first time, you know, he was anointed sort of, you know, the 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 saving grace. And then that that soured very quickly as well. You know, I, I think it's just the fickleness of of today's uh, fandom. I don't think it's unique to Penn State, um, but I, I do think that. It's uh, particularly noticeable with Penn State recently just because of, you know, where it sits in a national narrative at this at this stage. But I mean, looking back at last year, because I, 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 I did a little 
compilation of the winter workouts last season, um, you know, perhaps unintentionally feeding this, <laughs> this controversy, but, you know, last year, Pabula got, I think it was like six of the eight winter workout. Oh, that's interesting. Know, performer of the day. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I think I, I can't find it right now. I have it somewhere up from, from, you know, school last year, but I, I think it was like Prabula six, Aller one, Smolik one. And again, I, is that a, an indictment on, on Drew Aller? I don't think so. I didn't think so last year. I still don't think so now. I mean, it could be, could be any number of things. I mean, Prabula is, is a very athletic guy in, in workouts. It's, it, you know, maybe that leans more to the athleticism versus, you know, you're, you're probably not reading defenses in a, in a, winter workout setting but then also at the same time we, we've talked about this ad nauseum at this point I, I feel like a broken record in the age of nil in the age of transfer portal a coach's job is incredibly difficult not only are you trying to manage the team and develop players and recruit the next crop of players but now you're trying to manage personalities and i'm not saying that bo Prabula has some tumultuous personality but as a quarterback who's the same age as the returning starting quarterback naturally that that's a personality you're going to have to manage. He's, he's a Pennsylvania kid. Presumably he's been in Penn state's pocket for a long time. And you're asking him to sit behind another guy on the depth chart when he could, he could go with no penalty anywhere else he wants to, you know, I, I think it's more of keeping a guy feeling valued, keeping a guy feeling important, letting him know you're, you're a piece of the puzzle that we want to keep around. And, and and giving him his flowers in public. If you're Drew and you know that you're returning as the starter, and we all presume he will be, you know, you, you don't need to be constantly reaffirmed on social media. And I'm not saying that again that there's some insecurity with Prabula, but I don't know. They, these don't matter. Anything that they put out on social media, I, I immediately discard. I'm sorry. I, it's no shot at the program. It's no shot at James. They are a propaganda machine. They only want you to know what they want you to know. And that's that's fine. That's how everybody does it. I don't I don't know why you want to why why some fans want to read into this more than than other teams. I, it's it's coach speak. Yeah, for the record, I don't have no problem with yeah. them doing what they're doing. Any reason to put out a kid's name, they're going to take it. I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing for the kid. I mean, you need it nowadays. Where it's a different generation. I mean, this is something that they're used to. They they want that affirmation, and I, and I think it's I think it's good in some ways to make a kid feel valued uh, when you know maybe they they don't. So I, I I get that side of it. But somebody asked me on Twitter, why are you so offended by people thinking that there could be a quarterback contract? Well, I'll tell you why I'm so offended by that because it's the same stupid crap every year. The backup quarterback is always the best player in the team, and and I would be okay with it. If a year and a half ago, we weren't telling people that Drew shouldn't start over Sean Clifford because Clifford was the better player when everybody, not I don't want to say everybody, everybody complaining. I, this, this is a pocket of the fan base, as you said. But all those people are saying, oh, no, no, he's got to be better than Clifford. Well, now he can't, he's not better than Bo. <laughs> Should Bo have been playing ahead of Clifford two years ago? Is that is that what we're we're suggesting? And, and look, I... I, I did the a couple of weeks ago, as I do every year, one of my favorite nights of the year, the the Greater Scranton Chapters Penn State night at Arcaro and Janelle's in Old Forge. Uh, we talked about recruiting, did a Q&A. And I was I, I do want to apologize. because I feel I was kind of short with some people who were asking me about 
how legitimate a shot Bo has to to beat Drew out for the starting job because my answer was the same two times that the question was asked two different ways, which was, yes, there's going to be a technical quarterback competition, but no, Bo's not going to beat out Drew. And the disappointment in the faces when I said that was tangible. <laughs> but it, it comes down to, for me, that it's always the backup quarterback who everybody roots for to play. The starting quarterback is never good enough. And I want to read off some numbers. This is Drew's stats from last year. Drew's stats. 127 completions and 250 attempts for 1,605 yards, 13 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. No, wait. Those were Kerry Collins's stats the year before Penn State went undefeated and Kerry Collins became a legend. Those are Kerry Collins's numbers. Drew's numbers last year were better than Kerry Collins's numbers as a as a junior quarterback. He, he they were better. He he was a 60 percent com- completion guy. 2,600 yards, 25 touchdowns, two interceptions. And I, I do take offense to anybody who says that that's a bad year. That's not a bad year. Was he good in the in the Ohio State-Michigan games? No. Was he good against Ole Miss? No. And what happened in those games? They lost. And I get it. I get that they want to see wins in those games. They, they want the quarterback to be the difference in those types of games. And the quarterback traditionally at Penn State has not been the difference in those types of games. Maybe the difference on the losing side, but that was kind of the knock on Clifford, and now it's going to be the knock on Drew until he beats somebody. And I get that, but that doesn't mean that Bo could beat them. Bo's got a lot of warts. Now, Bo is a good workout guy. Bo is a great athlete, and Bo deserves to play a little bit because he's shown that there are some ways where they could put him in there and be effective, and he could add something. But to to say that just after one season – to jump off the Aller bandwagon and say Bo's the guy or to suggest that th- this guy probably is better or maybe is better or whatever you're saying, because I've heard both. Yeah, I take I take offense to that because it's stupid. It, it, it's, it's stupid to say that there's no potential in Aller to become better than he was last year, that there's no potential that he's still going to be the guy. He was a sophomore quarterback last year. And just because you thought he could have won the Heisman as a freshman – and then didn't win it as a sophomore, and, and and you're all up in arms about it. That doesn't mean that this kid is not everything they they think he's going to be. Kerry Collins struggled as as a starter for for a while before he became Kerry Collins, and a, a guy who can't walk down the street in state college without people saying that's the best quarterback we've ever had at Penn State. There there are very few guys who come in and don't struggle. There are no Saquons. There there are there are none outside of Saquon. Everybody pays. Everybody comes in and has to develop, and. James said it, and we discussed it last week on the, on the podcast. There's no development in college football anymore. But at a, Penn, at a place like Penn State, there better be. And for, for that to, to be something that you can do as a program, you have to have the fans backing of it. And if the fans aren't going to back a guy who's six foot five, could throw the ball a mile, has shown great potential, and, and, and has just lost a couple of games because he was overmatched and, and didn't know exactly what to do. And, and quite frankly, didn't have any receivers that could get the job done at, at, at a major level. If he had Marvin Harrison, he's beaten Ohio state. He, he's learning the offense. There's time this takes. And, and I, yeah, I, I think that to, to constantly hear the Bo needs to play narrative or Bo needs to start or Bo, Bo is outperforming drew or whatever. It, it's nonsense to me that it, it is. And, and, and I don't care how many nods that Danny O'Brien gives to Bo because Drew's the guy. I do find it offensive in this day and age to just want to try to out talent everybody and then not understand where your talent is. 
after going from the most overrated player I've ever seen as a freshman. Now he might be the most underrated. <laughs> well, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, you know, you, 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 you bring up the talent situation and, you know, I, I constantly hear Penn state doesn't have as much talent as other teams. They, they, they can't recruit certain positions as well as other teams. And, you know, to some extent that's correct. But then when you, when you have a, a a talented player, you you, you want to replace him. You want to, I mean, I mean, Drew was, was a five-star quarterback recruit two years ago. And I know stars don't mean everything. I mean, we we've seen any number of five-star players that, that end up underperforming relative to what that, that moniker seems to pertain to. But I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, Drew is a is a different type of quarterback than Sean Clifford. So it's it's not even as though he's some carbon copy of the guy you didn't like before. It's you know it, it's it's a new style of of play. It's it's and when you look at it, it's it's just the team result that that, that people are mad about. I, I think it's that simple. Is I I don't think it's anything personal to Drew. I I just think these are uh, reactionary somewhat understandable responses to performances by the team. And I, I, I think, I think that that's, that's proof when, when you look around at any position group, I mean, I mean, throw a name at me that, that, that was talented, you know, in the last two years. And, and, you know, there's a, there's a group of fans that will say that, that they're just not good anymore. <laughs> you know, Nick Singleton is, is some underwhelming running back and, you know, Abdul Carter didn't have the production he he should have. And and even Kalen King, who we've said didn't play all that incredibly last season. It's not because not all of a sudden Kalen King is some some third rate cornerback. He just underperformed. Sometimes that happens. And Andrew didn't even underperform. That's that's what's so mind boggling to me is it's been so obvious this this whole past season that the wide receiver room it just had had some issue, whether it's a talent issue, whether it's a, a chemistry issue, whether whatever it may be, I, I I'm not sure. I'm not in the room, but it was it was blatantly obvious that there was something going on with the receivers this year. What's the quarterback's job? The quarterback's job is to get the ball to the receivers. If one half of that connection isn't holding up its end of the bargain, I mean, Drew had what two interceptions all season? Two. Come on, guys, it's. <laughs> The, the knock on Clifford was he turns the ball over. He, he you know, in, in late situations, he crumbles. I didn't even think that was necessarily true, but that was the that was the stereotype against him. I mean, the knock on Drew is is he doesn't have it. What does yeah. that mean? That doesn't mean anything. That means you're unhappy and you found a scapegoat and the sophomore quarterback is easy yeah. because you look at CJ Stroud and you saw him play well at, you know, 18 years old or whatever it may be. CJ Stroud also had maybe the best receiving core in the history of college football. Right. That's, and to, to give up on that and just say, ah, it didn't work one year. We'll, we'll move on. I get why the fans have a, a right to say that because they're now being asked to fund these players. And if you're paying a lot of NIL money to bring this kid in, he better be exactly what you want. But I, you, you have to, at some point realize what makes us best. Do we develop this kid? Or do we move on from this kid? And I, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that developing Drew is is what's best for Penn State, and the fans need to be behind that. And and I'm not saying you need to sit there and grin every time that 
Drew makes a, a bad throw or, or, or a bad decision. Hey, he makes bad decisions, but that's because he's a young guy. It's not because he's not a good quarterback. You got to give the kid a little time. You got to give the kid a little patience. I know it didn't happen immediately. And I know it happens immediately at places like Ohio state where they have top running backs and top receivers and top offensive linemen, but you're just not, you just don't have that kind of talent top to bottom. And, and, and I think Penn state fans need to kind of embrace that a little bit, not embrace it, embrace. It's not the word, <laughs> but you need to accept <laughs> it and, and, and try to try to build from within. Uh, Sam, we'll, we'll move on to our next. The next thing I want to talk about is Abdul Carter because he's listed on the on the roster as a defensive lineman now, defensive end. I think this was kind of rumored for a while. I think this is something Abdul wanted, uh, and I think it's something that fits in with what Tom Allen kind of did at Indiana. Uh, he's he's used those bigger linebackers as smaller defensive ends and rush ends, and he's gotten good pass pressure with those guys he's been able to do some exotic things but he certainly never had at indiana a player of carter's caliber of, of his talent and I, I i do have concerns about it because you are taking a position where you were very strong at linebacker and subtracting from it in, in, in a significant way because as good as tony rojas might be he's not abdul carter he just isn't so what, what were you surprised by kind of the decision, I guess, to, to, to do this and, 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 and kind of just throwing it out there in the spring and saying, this is what we're doing. And, and, and the, and the total buy-in from the, from the coaching staff and in, in this move, do you, do you think Carter could be a better defensive end than he was a linebacker? I mean, there's certainly the possibility of for anything. I mean, Abdul is a super athletic guy. He's, he's obviously very talented, no, I, I I don't have a problem with it necessarily. I think about you know Micah Parsons in the NFL. I mean Abdul has drawn comparisons to Micah as a linebacker. I mean that's that's what the Cowboys have, you know they they haven't fully shifted him to defensive end, but you know a lot of the time you see Micah with his hand down as an edge rusher. Part of me wonders if if you know this this was sort of a way to get some of that on tape for Abdul before he goes to the NFL because inevitably he'll be an NFL guy. I mean, we, we've known that for, you know, two seasons at this point, almost. And and defensive ends just get paid more than linebackers do. It's just that's just how the the positional value goes at this point. Um, so I wonder if Abdul wants to go, you know, into into the NFL as a as an edge rusher, as opposed to a linebacker. I don't I don't who knows if that's what they'll they'll have him do. But but what, my point in bringing up the Micah Parsons comparison, you know, which I know is a loaded comparison um, is, is, you know, the Cowboys still move him around at, you know, at, on some plays he's hand in the dirt on other plays. He's still lined up outside the tackle, but he's on his feet. Other times he's lined up with the linebackers still. I mean, maybe, maybe they're going to use Abdul as a sort of Swiss army knife where they need him. I, I'm not sure. Um, you know, as I said, I, I, I don't trust everything that the coaching staff puts out in, January, February. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this is just a lie that he's, he's never going to play defensive end, but you know, I, it, we'll see what happens is, is, is more, you know, where I'm coming from. I, I think if he's a full-time defensive end, you know, they, they just lost chop. They just lost a, lost a Disa. There's a lot of young linebackers who, you know, Tony Rojas, Kevion keys, you know, the, the, these are guys that, you know, didn't necessarily get a ton of playing time last year, but were, highly touted they're they're young they're athletic they're guys that that 
you know, we, we've expected to make a strong impact. You, know, you can now f- figure them into the mix while potentially solving a, a problem at defensive end. I mean, you, you mix Abdul in there with Denai Dennis Sutton or who, whoever it may be. You know, I, I think Abdul is fully capable of playing that position. Um, you know, he'll, he'll probably have to put on some weight uh, it, it, to, 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 especially when you, when you look at some of James's comments over the last couple of years about the defensive line, I don't know that getting smaller is necessarily the, the right move, but there's a lot of time before the, the beginning of the, the season. And, you know, we don't know what this role is going to entail yet. I mean, I'm going to say something that surprises you because I just, I looked it up of chop Robinson, Micah and Carter. Who's who weighs the most. I don't know. Carter. Oh, wow. He's 250. Micah was 245 and Chop was 240. And they're nice round numbers. So, so I I, I mean, you you give (laughs) a pound or two here or there. But that was kind of what sold me on this. I I really thought, and I've I've seen some skepticism both ways. And I'm skeptical of it a little bit because I don't like taking from one position to give to another because I think they're all valuable. If you really bolster your defensive line at the expense of your linebackers, I think you then have problems with a linebacker. You can't expect to be steady at one spot when you're not steady with the roster. But I really like the move from a confidence point from Tom Allen because he's he's going for it. He he sees something that Penn State, he thinks Penn State should have been doing or could be doing, and he's going to come right in and say, hey, look, this guy is a, is a defensive end for me. If Abdul adds five pounds or whatever, becomes a better run stopper, that that's fine. I, I I think he becomes. He's not going to be Isaac size. He's not. You know, he's not going to be denied Dennis Sutton size. But he's going to be certainly. He's, that closing speed to me is the difference here. And you can now allow him to do what he does best, which is just go get the quarterback. And Penn State's going to need that kind of a, a game wrecker there because as talented as denied Dennis Sutton is, I don't think he's shown that super consistently yet. Now I think he will, but I, I think you want to have those those two rush ins be really impactful players. And if you look at the last couple of Penn State defenses, where have they been especially strong? Safety, cornerback, rushing. It makes sense because now you could you don't have to defend the pass as long. So I I, I kind of like this move uh from, from that standpoint. And and I do think that this is definitely something Chop has asked for and Chop seasons excuse me, Chop Abdul Carter sees uh himself <laughs> being in, in the NFL. I mean they're they're there are linebackers his size who play and play well, but they don't make as much money as defensive ends his size who go and and, and play well and get after the quarterback. So this at least, at the very least, gives him a, a separate kind of skill set going into the NFL, which is going to happen after this year. I, I think we all believe with Carter, but I, I think I think he has potential to be a much better defensive end than a linebacker. And I thought he was a pretty good linebacker. And you know, that, that position has also defended the pass a little bit for Tom Allen. And he, and I thought Carter did a good job with that, that last year. I, 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 I think this will be a, a fan fan friendly move because you'll be able to see the numbers. I think his sack total will double, maybe even triple next year. I, I, I think this is that impactful, a move for Penn state on the defensive side, but now, yeah, you do. Do you lean on Tony Rojas? Yeah. Do you lean on DeLuca? Yeah. Yeah. Th- those guys have to come in there and, and be better. Kavion Keys, Tamir Robinson, a lot of those guys have to come in and and, and be better than they've and they've I don't want to say better than they've shown because they haven't they, they've been impressive when they've played, but they have to come in and be more consistent and, and be steadier uh with, with the opportunity. 
So we only have a couple minutes left in the segment. And, and I wanted to talk about Joe Paterno, the naming of the field, um, Sam. And, and I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. And I'm just going to kind of turn this over to you because I, I knew Joe Paterno. I met him. I met him a lot. And, you know, there, I have fun stories of, you know, Joe over the years. And 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 I, look, I, he's been, he was at time. He, he's a gruff, he was a gruff guy, especially at the end. And, and he wasn't a perfect man. Uh, but you know, he was, he was good to me for the most part. His family has been good to me for the most part. I still don't know where I fall on all of this. The, the, the naming of, of Beaver stadiums field after Joe honoring him in, in some way, anyway, I, I, I have my thoughts kind of waver on it, but for you as somebody who I'm assuming you never met Joe Paterno, I'm assuming you didn't, I, you might not even remember any games he coached, but you went to Penn state. So I, I, what I really want to know is where do you stand on it? What do you believe the the board should do? And, and, and is the board doing the right thing here by even considering it? Or is this being handled kind of in a, in a bad way? Cause that, that's kind of where I, I stand on it right now is that this is just not handled right. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly uh, with you on, on the way it's been handled. Um, I, I, I think that uh, I think it was in your column actually when when you pointed out that it's one thing if this sort of you know spotlight reported that the the initial conversations were you know happening behind closed doors uh, before the the proposition was brought up publicly. Assuming spotlight is correct, which you have no reason to to assume otherwise, you know that that's not the way to do this, especially given you know the context surrounding. Um, you know, the whole situation, it's, it's a controversial situation, you know, almost to the point that it's, it's weird to talk about on a, on record because, yeah. you know, somebody's going to be unhappy no matter what you say, e- even just by talking about it, somebody's Somebody, going to be, somebody's going to be drastically unhappy. And I've, I've over the last 10 years, that's been my experience with it. And I, and I said in my column, it's the most uncomfortable thing to talk about. It's Joe Paterno. And I, I would never have thought that in 2009. If you had told me that Joe Paterno's name would be something you would never, I don't want to say want to mention, but you, you would be hesitant to mention it because of the backlash. I would have thought you were nuts. Well, the whole, the whole can of worms is, I mean, you know, people hate him, people love him and and it's, it's, it's very intense emotions, but you know, as for me in particular, I mean, I was 10 when Joe Paterno died. You're right. I, you know, I remember Joe Paterno being a coach, but I, you know, I had no connection to Penn State when I was younger. So, you know, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't some omnipresent being in my, in my college football viewership. Um, You know, and even when I was at Penn State and this is, you know, I can't, I certainly can't speak for everyone my age, but in my experience, those that I interacted with, I mean, we, we just didn't spend a lot of time thinking about Joe Paterno because it's, you know, it's it's he he passed away eleven years ago, I think now. Um, you know, it's for a uh, for a fan base that, and this is <laughs> I know I'm wading into difficult waters, but for a, a fan base that desperately wants to modernize and move forward, we spend a lot of time on on you know everywhere it's impossible to we talked about it before getting on today it's impossible not to talk about this you know it's our job to talk about Penn State football and we can't not mention Paterno today and you know if if you're a fan of Penn State i i don't know what that solves and that's that's even that's that's even if he 
his his departure from the program was amicable and with no controversy. And it wasn't, frankly. I mean, I I don't know. I I I don't know where I stand on naming the field for a number of reasons. But the fact that this wasn't a conversation that was held publicly first, uh, you know, is is less than ideal, let's say. You know, this is something that should have been discussed publicly. If, if, if this is something Penn State wants to do, that's fine. But, you know, that's you, you have to sort of you have to stand by your decisions. It, this can't be if you if you if you surreptitiously name the field Paterno Field, all of the negative PR that is naturally going to come with a decision like that is going to be intensified, you know, times 100 because it happened behind closed doors. Um I don't know. I don't know that I have strong opinions about whether or not the field should be named after him, but you, you have to do it honestly. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, I, it doesn't matter to me what they do. And look, I, it, it's yeah. I, I don't know, even know I, if they name it after him. I'm certainly not going to say that that's a crazy decision. <laughs> I'm not. He, he meant a lot. And where where you went to, to school at Penn State and he wasn't an everyday part of your discussion, he was when I when I went there. And and I did not grow up, again, rooting for Penn State. I was a Notre Dame fan. I didn't know much about Penn State until the first time I, I went there on a, on a visit and decided this is where I'm going to go to school and, and, and all that. And, and the first Penn State game I really watched outside, well, outside of the 86 championship game, but the first one I really sat down and watched was the first one I went to. So it, and it was in 95. <laughs> So I, I I didn't, I guess, I, I, I didn't grow up in, in Pennsylvania with this view of Paterno as a coaching god. And, and the guy I knew, he didn't view himself as that either. You know, Joe Paterno's name is on the library at Penn State. And, and I think if it was left up to Joe Paterno, that's where he'd want his name to be, on the library. So I don't know if this is something that is being done for Joe is as much as it's being done for the people who knew him, who played for him, who are on the board of trustees to honor him. And there are a, a pretty good amount of people, Sam, who who are, who ran for that spot to honor Paterno. I don't know if Joe himself needs to be honored. Certainly, though, I'm not going to sit here and say that if the board comes to that decision, that the right thing to do here is to honor Joe Paterno by naming the field after him. I'm not going to sit and argue with him. I'm just not. I, I don't think it's a, a terrible idea to honor the man somehow. As I wrote in that column you mentioned earlier, I think this might be the last guy who would want a statue. He was very uncomfortable with it when it went up because statues come down sometimes. And his did. And I don't know if it's the right thing to put that back up, but I, I do think that remembering Paterno, what he did, the man was convicted of no crime. The man without getting into the whole history of what happened. Most people know it. I think I think the last thing he ever wanted to do would have been to enable a child sex predator. I think that's the last thing he ever would have wanted to do. Did he, in a roundabout way, end up doing that? I think we could debate that. But for right now, to honor a football coach on a football field, I think that's a fair thing to do. Especially one that meant to Penn State what Joe Paterno meant. Now, do you just go ahead and do it without public input? No. You listen to every damn word everybody has to say in opposition. You do. That's the only right way to do this. And I think to just go ahead and do it and force it through 
and hope you have the votes and not let the public speak out on it, not have a, a healthy discussion about it. I think that sullies the memory of Joe Paterno. We'll be back with the all James Franklin team in the next segment. Second segment of the Penn State football podcast is underway. Donnie Collins here with Sam Freeman. We'll just we'll continue the all James Franklin team from last week, last two weeks, really, where we've already done the running backs and what did we do last week? Receivers? Uh, we, oh, did... we did. The, we did the interior offensive linemen last week. Yes. So we have running backs, interior <laughs> offensive linemen. We got the whole secondary done. We're motoring right along. We have a couple more weeks of this. But today we're, we'll focus on the defensive defensive tackles on defense. And on offense, we'll do the tight ends and, and offensive tackles. And Sam, just going through doing the research for this last couple of days, this is going to be a chore. It's going to be a <laughs> real, real problem for me because I, we are going to leave a couple of tight ends who are worthy off. We're going to leave a couple of defensive tackles who are worthy off. Uh, I forgot about a guy. Uh, and then with oh wait a second I forgot him he should be considered <laughs> and then offensive tackle is going to be a, a tough choice after the after number one so which one do you want to start off with Sam oh um <laughs> <laughs> maybe let's do defensive tackles oh okay that's a yeah. that's a good starting we'll get the defense out of the way uh you could have first or second pick on this one it's not going to matter to me I have I have two guys I would take first so if you if you whichever one you want to do, I'll do I'll do first and fourth. Okay, you got it. So I think first for me is I'm going to take PJ Mustafer. Oh my, he's the guy I forgot. Really? Yeah, I just forgot about him. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, and this because this is the one position where I thought that the earlier James teams had a little bit of an advantage because those guys put up. Oh, some I agree. Numbers. PJ wasn't a statistical wonder, but he was. I, I would argue he was probably the best pure defensive lineman they they had. Defensive tackle. Well, that's and that's that's where I'm at with him is, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm self conscious about two things about my pick so far, and I, I knew that it was a risk taking the first pick of the defensive tackles for this reason. But number one, there's an argument to be made that I overrate, you know, leadership qualities over something like statistical production, which I think is a fair criticism. And then there's the second, which is that. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I've picked I've picked some of these earlier Franklin players as well. But I, I fear that, you know, I may be unintentionally biased in favor of of, you know, some of the more recent ones just because of of covering the team in that time. Yeah. Um, but I. You know, looking at it, I, I still feel like PJ is on that first team. Um, I, I think you're right that especially in recent memory, he might just be the best pure defensive lineman that Franklin has had come in. I, I know he had sort of an unceremonious ending to his career with the, you know, the knee injury a couple years ago. And then, you know, I, I don't know that he ever fully got back to, you know, the, the force that he was prior to the injury, but you know, he, he was never a, a, a strong statistical guy necessarily, but you know, a defensive tackle doesn't necessarily have to be, I mean, I think Aaron Donald in the NFL has sort of, harmed our ability to evaluate defensive tackles him and Chris Jones yeah. because they're they're edge rushers who who play in the middle. Uh you know I I think PJ 
while a little, little undersized, you know, played big. I think he was a, you know, an incredible leader for that defense. You know, we talked about Tig a couple weeks ago. You know, PJ was also a a constant voice in the in the post game press conferences and somebody you could easily go for. You know, when when I say somebody's a good quote, I don't necessarily mean they, you know, they just talk a lot or you know they're controversial. It's it's they actually take the time to answer your question in a meaningful way, and I I feel like PJ did that. Not 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 because of you know, I mean, a very respectful guy too, but you know, not out of some deference to the reporters, but because you know he he had a very intelligent take on the game, and I think that shows in 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 you know his play on the field, his talent, and 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 just the way that his teammates look up to him. Yeah, I I can't argue PJ. I I, I don't know if I had to put him on the first team, uh, but he certainly earned a, a lot of respect for me because. I, I I think he was at a time when they had changed defenses and changed what the defensive tackles were expected to do. He was the guy occupying two of the, the best offensive linemen on the interior. And he allowed a lot of linebackers to make plays. So, and, and yes, I don't think you could possibly overrate leadership. I don't think that's something that could possibly be overrated. I mean, I'm sure there's guys who don't play that are great leaders that everybody rallies around, but you know, it, they're not getting you on a, on a team like this. They're not getting you on the field. If you're on the field and you're the guy that everyone's rallying around, and look what happened in, in 2022, PJ got hurt against Iowa. And everybody remembers that game as a game. Clifford got hurt and it kind of changed the, the trajectory of the season. But I, I really think it was, it was PJ's injury that, that, uh, that, that hurt that group. So I, I definitely think PJ should be on the, on the team and I'll give him first team. So you actually, I, I, I think did me a favor because I didn't want the fourth pick in this. I didn't, I didn't want the fourth pick because I, <laughs> yeah, I, I think feeling, I harmed myself. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I, I was okay with the two. I, I definitely like two guys at the top here and, and I'm going to put now, now my, my big question here is who gets on the first team of, of these two guys. And I'm, I'm still kind of debating it, but not because everybody who, who has seen my, my Twitter, uh, avatar twitter handler or not twitter handle but the twitter picture there whatever whatever they call it knows how much i like anthony zettel so i'm gonna put anthony zettel and as a defensive tackle he played one year at defensive tackle for penn state it was 2015 11 tackles for loss four sacks i i, I just i i thought this guy's mentality his attitude he could do everything he could stop the run he could he could brush the passer great great guy he had the kind of I guess demeanor that kind of define those those defenses back back when they, when their strength was rushing up the middle, and the, he he was a guy that they could put at defensive end, they could put at defensive tackle. But I think Zettle for me has to be on the team as a as a first teamer. So I, so I'm I'm putting him on because he was one of my favorite guys to watch, and and that's you know this is this is our team, Sam. I could put whoever I want first team because but and I'm not convinced he had a better career than my my uh my next guy that I'm going to pick here. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't know that I was expecting you to pick Zettel, but I'm not I'm, mad I'm full at of it. surprises here. <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I think it makes sense. It's, it's, you know, as you said, it, he, he, he was a, a bit more of a, a stronger production guy. You're right. I, I think that the, you know, the, the position has changed, especially in the, in the Penn State system since then. Uh, and you can, you know, you can sort of see that in, in, uh, you know, the fact that Zettel went on to play defensive end in the NFL, 
you know, that's that's sort of the the model of you know, he was a pass rusher of sorts in the middle. Um, but I, I'm definitely not mad at that. I, I you know, he 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 came out a a strong a strong recruit and uh, you know made his mark pretty quickly. I I I, I actually think the defensive tackle the, these these top guys can can sort of it's a grab bag of sorts. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, it depends on really what you like. And I, I kind of like the guys who can get after the passer from that position. These are, you know, he was a lighter guy. He wasn't a, a 320 pounder. Uh, my next guy is going to be a 320 pounder, but he could get <laughs> after the the quarterback. And, and, and my, my second pick here is Austin Johnson. And those two are in the same defensive line. They were the, they were the starting tackles in, in 2015. And, it, and it's crazy because I think this is the only position where we're going to have this where where you look back and I, and I mentioned it you look back eight nine years now and that those were the best guys in the franklin era because they've gotten so good at recruiting they they've they've built up the they've got guys coming off the edge with big numbers they've adjusted well to how the game has changed but those two guys johnson and and, and zettel to me were the were the number one the best tandem they had and number two the two best players they had the most most, most impactful players they've had at the position statistically and Johnson played a long time in the NFL, a long time. I, I, I really thought Johnson was a, was a terrific player. I, and, and I, I kind of think that I, I was too biased with Zettel and I should put Johnson as the, as the first teamer and Zettel as the, the second teamer. But I mean, he, he posted numbers. You just don't see defensive tackles post anymore. He had, he had 15 tackles for loss in 2015. He had, he had six and a half sacks. He had, he had 24 tackles for loss in his career. He was just so quick, uh, and, and and so, but he was a 315 pounder. You, you, you could, they, they couldn't get their hands on him. He was faster than the he was faster than the guards, and you don't you don't see that. I mean, he, he was beating double teams. I I just thought Johnson was to me. I mean, I could argue he was the best defensive tackle of the Franklin era, and uh, and the the uh, the NFL career kind of proves it, but. I don't want to go solely on NFL career either because that doesn't really mean much. If you were an okay player at Penn State and you go on and have a great NFL career, where you does that put you on the all you know Penn State team or whatever? But but I think Johnson certainly for me, I, I could really argue him as, as the number one guy. I'm going to put him on the second team because I like Zettel so much. But I thought they should have been the first teamers. Not that you screwed yeah, that I mean, up. Uh... I like PJ. <laughs> Not saying you screwed up. Well, uh, uh... Austin Johnson was the, uh, you know, was my other, the, the other guy jockeying for my first pick. Okay. Um, you know, anytime you can move the way he does slash did at 310, 315, 320, uh, it's absurd. I mean, you know, they, they say professional athletes, college athletes are just, you know, are just different people. And <laughs> that's, that's a great example, uh, you know. You can move faster than me at at, at, yeah. <laughs> at twice my size is ridiculous. <laughs> I said I said to and, our our colleague Joby Fawcett yesterday with 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 Bryant McKinney down at a and McKinney's every bit of six foot eight and about three hundred forty pounds even today. And I said <laughs> I, I said I want all the I want all the kids in the area to come down and 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 shake the man's hand and ask themselves. So you think you could play Division one college football? Because the, the guy's <laughs> just a monster. But that but that's what it is. These guys not only are they bigger and stronger, but they're faster than you. And you, 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 when you mentioned that, that's what Austin jo- Johnson's quickness to me was, was a real determining factor. Yeah. You, you look at him and, and, you know, 
just just the things that some defensive tackles can do in this modern era are, are absurd. He 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 was he was jockeying for that first pick. After hearing you say you forgot about PJ, I wish I picked Austin with my first, and then I you know I could have snuck PJ in later. Um, but I, 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 I did list them. I, I did I did remember him too. That's I didn't I didn't just <laughs> simply forget PJ. I did remember him, but I forgot I forgot him initially. He wasn't on my my first six. Your initial list, your first crack, which is yeah. Which I, I and I forget somebody on every list. I forgot Saquon on there. No, I didn't. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> who's who's your uh, who's your second second teamer here? Because I, I have on my list still, I think two, maybe three guys I could, and I don't think I, you're gonna think, pick one of them. I think I'm gonna take Kevin Gibbons. Oh, you did? Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I like you said. I, I think the earlier teams were stronger at the position. Um, there, there were a couple guys that were sort of fighting for that last spot. I, I, you know, I, but, I, but I feel pretty good about Kevin Givens here. Um, you know, just, just, I don't want to say the antithesis of of my Mustafer pick because you know that that makes it sound like he's not a leader or anything like that. That's that's not what I'm saying. But you know, Givens is is more in the ilk of of our previous picks in that, you know, he 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 was a a strong pass rusher in 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 you know, in his career. I mean, I, I was pulling up his stats earlier and, you know, four and a half sacks in his, you know, his redshirt freshman season, making the, the conference team and then adding another three and a half sacks and another five sacks the year after, um, you know, it just, 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 if you can, can make that sort of impact at the defensive tackle position, you know, the tackles for loss, the, the negative plays, whether it comes against the quarterback or a ball carrier, whoever it may be, you know, I, I think you, you, you know, you you firmly entrench yourself on on a best of list at the position. Um, you know, I, I this it was sort of an unfortunate decision to to you know I feel this way about everybody who foregoes their their last year of college uh, and enters the draft and goes undrafted. But you know, he's having a a successful NFL career now, so it's hard to I don't know. It's hard to argue when when you know. You you achieve your dream anyway. Yeah, playing the Super Bowl. So I, I I like Kevin Givens. I I I think he de- he deserved to be on the team. And I, I I don't think you could argue any of these four guys. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna do a wild card pick at the end when because we need something else to talk about besides kickers and punters on our last edition. <laughs> so we're gonna go through the list of players that didn't get picked, and Sam and I are gonna pick kind of the the guys we. You know, regardless of position, guys we think should be on the team, and we'll make them a wild card pick. So I'm gonna. Keep my uh my other guy here quiet because I think I want to put him on as a wild card, just to, just as a preview. But I'm not gonna, I'm not going to mention who it is. Uh, we'll move to how about we do tight ends now? Yeah, I, I, okay. I, there's a guy I really like, and I think nobody nobody mentions him. I'm sure you have him on your list, but uh, I don't know that he gets as much credit for being a good player as he was. Uh, we'll do tight ends as I mentioned, and this is going to be. Difficult. I think this is going to be difficult and not difficult at the same time. We're only going to take two. We're going to take a first teamer and a second teamer. It can be very difficult to pick the first teamer out of those two uh, out, of, out of this group. Very difficult to pick a second teamer. Very difficult to leave some guys off. But I, at the same time, I, I think there are. Uh, do you want me to do the first pick? Or do you yeah. Why to... not? All right. Uh, it is. A, it's a tough one. It's a really <laughs> tough one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeez, and it's another one I'm not I'm trying not to let bias get involved here on. Uh I'm gonna I'm ooh, yeah. 
And we're going to leave off a really good player here. We're going to leave off a really, really good player. Maybe maybe three really, really good players. Maybe four really, really good players. I, I'm going to take Fryermuth first. Uh, because I think he's a slightly better blocker than the other guy I was considering first. And he plays for the Steelers. And but I'm trying not to let that... <laughs> Uh, try not, not try not to let that become a, a problem, but I, I just think Fryermuth to me was more of a tight end than the other guy I'm considering. Uh, not that not you know, and 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 a and a, 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 a national sense, and and I mean nationally, I mean like the game historically. I, I think I think Pat's a, was an okay blocker. I don't think he was a dominant blocker. I think he was an okay blocker. Uh, I, I think he he was a very productive receiver, obviously, uh, team leader, a lot of touchdowns. Uh, he was a he, he was a very good complement to some really good receivers, which you know, in, in defense of guys like Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren, they haven't had the chance to be the last couple of seasons. So, so I think I'm I'm going to take Fryermuth as the uh, as the first tight end on on the first team, and I, and I think that's people. I, I think that's a I've been getting some kind of feedback on everything but i think this is the first one where people are going to really argue who we, we picked first team over second team but i but i, I just i liked fryer if i was starting a team he'd be my my tight end out of this group well it's funny i was uh i i would have taken fryer number one <laughs> and i i was hoping you you might pick somebody else not not even just because you know i would have liked to have pit, picked pat but I agree with you that I, I don't know that it's going to be the most popular decision, but I think it's the right decision. I think it is. You know, I, as you said, it's, it's, it's the, he's, he's the perfect storm of, of, of a Penn state tight end in the sense of you can make the argument that he might've been Clifford's best receiver. Uh, I, I don't know that I would make that argument, but you know, Primus is definitely good. What was that? Dotson was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had some good receivers, <laughs> but you know, I, I think the mark of a good tight end is that, you know, they can blend in with an offensive line when it comes to blocking, but then also, you know, they're, they're a legitimate receiving threat and not, not just as a safety blanket, but as, as a, as a legitimate weapon, you know, somebody you have to look out for. And that's, that's, that's more what I, that's how I felt about Friar Like, like you said, you know, you have, if, if you, if you're a defense, you got a game plan for Dotson because Dotson was a, a first round caliber wide receiver but but then he got firemuth too and and you know he's no slouch in and of himself he's a you know you could argue he's he's a a big receiver that, that's good at blocking you know it's it's i i think it's the right choice yeah and i when when you make your second pick here i think i know what it's gonna be i think i think it'll take him but i i i, I will bring up the stats uh and that's kind of led me to to make the decision but but who, who's your who's your second teamer here I'm going to take Gasicki at yeah, two. You have to. You have to. Yeah. He meant he meant and, and, he meant a lot to the team that won the championship. That's just the way it is. And and you know I I I get the he he was the one that you were yeah <laughs> that you think guy. people yeah. want it yeah yeah I get the desire to put him at one yeah. and there's certainly a case to be made it's 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 not a uh, I know I know Fryermuth was a unanimous number one pick on on the Penn State podcast but. There is an argument to be made that Gasicki could have been that one. Uh, and it's no knock on Gasicki. I just Firemuth is my preference on, on this one. Here's here's where I, I came down on it and I, I said, all right, we're making the we're making the right decision. Here it is. Mike, who I think we we all remember is a big play guy, 
averaged 11 and a half yards a catch and Pat averaged 12.9. And Mike had more catches. Pat had more touchdowns. Pat played one less year. Mike had a bad year. Pat didn't. So I, I think that, and, and I'm certainly not going to sit here and tell you, I think Fryermuth is a dominant blocker. I don't. And, and in fact, I, I might have another wild card pick out of this, out of this group when it comes to blocking tight. End. I might want to put a blocking tight end on this team with, with our wild card picks. So those are going to be interesting, but I, I, I just think that top to bottom, I, I think in, in every little way that you could be better than Mike Kosicki, I think Pat Fryermuth was, and that's no knock on the Asiki, but I, I just, I, I think he wins, he wins the intangibles here for me over, over Kosicki. But I, I certainly think those are the two guys and, 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 and to leave off, you know, Jesse James and, and, and yeah, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren and Brenton Strange. I, I think that's a, and I don't think there's any debate that those two guys should have been on the team over those four. I, that, to, and that, that might be controversial, but I, I think that's to me, and somebody's going to like one of those four guys better than one of those two guys. But I think you have to put, if you're going to do uh, take two tight ends from the Franklin area, it's got to be, it's got to be Kasicki and Fryermuth. For me, it was a, it was a no brainer. Whoever you didn't pick, I was going to take it too. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's no knock on the other guys. It's just tight end is one of those positions, especially under Franklin that has just been super strong. And, yeah. and I don't see that changing any, we, we talked earlier about other positions that might change in two or three years, you know, Right now, uh, you look at the, the depth chart, and this list might be different in, in two to three years as well. Yeah. The offensive tackle is, I, I think that could be different in a couple of years, maybe. But the offensive <laughs> tackles were, yeah, I, I think this is an interesting one as well. We have who who, who wants to have the first pick here and, and, and just pick who we all know is going to go first. But I think two, three, four, five, six, seven are very, very similar, and the order is going to matter here. So, do you, do you want do you want first pick or do you want second, third? Uh, I, I I'll take first pick because I I think I want to see you squirm on two and yeah, three. Yeah, two and three. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> yeah, three. Yeah, because I, I don't like picking between three and four because I because I I think I I have who I want, but I don't want one of them left off. But go ahead, you take them. Yeah, so I'm going to take Olu at one. Oh, my God. What a pick. What a pick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I almost feel bad taking him at one, not not because he doesn't deserve it, but because w- what else is there to say about him that, that we haven't said, that, that analysts haven't said in the, uh, at the draft level? I mean, he's arguably, you know, one of the – well, not arguably. He's, he's pretty inarguably one of the top players in the in the coming draft this year. He would have been last year. I mean, I mean, it's Olu. It's Olu. What What do you want me to say? Yeah, no, yeah, Olu's got to be number one. He's he's the best player. Hey, he just is. I mean, I think hey, you can make an argument if we were just drafting the James Franklin team that Olu would be the first pick. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't might. Think, I don't. Maybe think we should have done it that way. That maybe we should have done it that way. But if you're just picking best player, I, I think I I might take Olu first. He, he's probably the best player I've. Oh, actually, I. <laughs> I don't know if you take Micah Parsons behind him. Uh, I'd be happily take Micah Parsons second, but I, I think I think I would. I think I would take Olu first because it's such an important position. It's and he was so good. He was so dominant, and he came back for a year when nobody when he didn't have to. Nobody thought he would. He was a great leader. 
uh, great student. He was everything you you wanted in a in a player if you're Penn State. So yeah, I, w- I would take Olu. I, I I am standing by that. I'm going to take for Olu first overall in the draft of Penn State players from the Franklin era ahead of Mike and ahead of Saquon doing it. And I would skip to the commissioner's podium with my with my with card that said yeah. Micah on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would t- yeah. Yeah. I, I would not take the snake pick there. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have it here. So I'm going to, I guess I have to take Donovan Smith with the other first round pick. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I'm saying, I guess, and, and I just made this impassioned speech earlier about how I don't think NFL career matters much to me uh, when I'm making these picks, but this one separated Donovan Smith from everybody. I didn't think Donovan Smith was a dominant, dominant Olu type left tackle for Penn State, but I thought he was very good. Uh, I didn't think he would have the kind of NFL success he's had where he's still playing. He's winning Super Bowls. He's played with Brady. He's played with Patrick Mahomes. He's he's done a, a lot of big things in his career and he didn't have a great Super Bowl, but he's in there and he's, he's a left tackle for the, for the world champions. And he's a, he's an effective, effective player. And, and that's what he was at Penn state. He was an effective player. Didn't think he was Olu type dominant, but who was, who, who, who gave up no sacks. Uh, you know, Olu was, was, is that type of player. And I think there's a big gap between Olu and Donovan Smith. I really love Olu as a prospect in the NFL. Didn't really love Donovan Smith, but I thought he was a steady guy. Uh, and, and that wasn't an easy job that he had. He, he was in the O'Brien offense, and then he was in the Franklin offense. Quite a bit different uh, between w- one year to the next. Uh, I, I, but I think he had his best season for Franklin. So I'm going to go with Donovan Smith as my my uh, my second first teamer, and I think that is the right call. That's the, I think that's what I would have done. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, for all the for all the reasons you said, it's. Olu's the obvious number one, and then it's it's more of a, a personal preference outside of that. I feel like, but mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. There there's a there's you know maybe maybe I I have a higher uh, well I was gonna say maybe I have a higher importance on on the NFL career than than you, but I, I I'm with you. I mean, we're ranking James Franklin team players, and yeah. you know. Journey Brown doesn't make the running back list if, if, if NFL means anything. Right. And nor nor should it because yeah. we're not ranking Penn State's NFL players. Um but I, I think it's a good way of of it's a good benchmark for for how you start looking for them. I mean Donovan Smith just just has physical traits and physical skills, you know, that that put him in a position to have the NFL career that he had. And he put them on display while at Penn State. And I, you know, it's not because he's now a, what, two-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah. It's, you know, but there are things that he did at Penn State that made it, it laid the groundwork for him to become a multiple-time Super Bowl champion. And he's the one guy, I think, off of those old Franklin teams uh, from 14, 15, 16 at tackle who could play today. Yeah. Where, where they, they would look at him physically and say, that's the still the kind of guy we want. No longer guy, uh, very athletic, moves his feet well. Uh, some of these other guys I'm considering are, are guys who could very easily have been guards and did play part of their Penn State career at guard and you know moved around a bit. And in the NFL, they were certainly guards. Uh, but I, I think Donovan Smith is a, is a true tackle. And 
Yeah, I, I, I think if if he was coming out of high school today as an 18 year old, physically Penn State would want him. So that's why I I kind of think he's maybe more. I, I'm, I'm talking myself into this one a lot more. I, and, I, and I look back on it and, and, and I do. I was probably wrong. I, I probably undervalued what he what he was as a player. Uh, and, and what he was as an NFL prospect, but that's what sticks in my mind at, at, at the time was that, you know, I, I, I didn't think at that point that they would have a hard time replacing Donovan Smith, but they never really did. So, so I, I until Olu came along. So, I, so I think those are my, my top two guys. Now my third guy's a big, big issue here because I don't know which way to go. I know I like three guys here. Uh, and, I, and I really like a fourth this is not the guy I, I woke up this morning thinking I was going to pick if I had the, the second and third picks, but I think I'm going to do it because I think he was steady. I think he was very solid. And, and I think he athletically could play the position at tackle. I, I'm going to actually pick Caden Wallace. Interesting. Okay. Now I, he, he was, he was probably my fifth guy on this, uh, on this list coming into the, uh, coming into the process, but he played forever. These other guys, I mean, yeah. one of them had one of them was an injury risk. You know, another guy played as much at guard as he did at tackle. But Caden Wallace played tackle forever in the Big Ten, and he he had his best year last year. He was, I, I thought, as close to a dominant right tackle as you'll find. And look, I, I'm looking at left tackles here mostly, but he's a right tackle. We have to, you know, and we took two left tackles on the on the first team. I think we have to take a right tackle here, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Wallace. I, I just he was. On on the best offensive lines that Penn State had, which I think were the last two years, I, I, I think he was he was their second best player. So he he should be on the team, right? I I, I don't necessarily disagree you with you. weren't going to pick him, were you? No, I was not. Oh wow, that is no. the first time we we've kind of and, and we're gone this way where I I picked a guy that you wouldn't have taken. Yeah, it's it's um, you know, it's it's not a knock. I I, I think that there's there's a group of guys in the three, four, five, six category. I, I don't know that he would have been on my three and four, but I, I'm not mad at the pick. Cause like you said, I, I think perhaps I, I, you know, it, it's just been a very self uh, <laughs> evaluatory episode here. Perhaps my bias comes from, like you said, left tackle being such an important position for right-handed quarterbacks that, you know, uh, right tackle is, is equally as important. It's yeah. uh, it's just a different position. Yeah, um, especially when you run the ball a lot. And Penn State's run the ball a lot during the Franklin era. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, Caden has certainly, you know, like you said, he's been around a long time. And, you know, usually when, I, when a guy's around for a long time, it's for a reason. And, uh, you know, I, I thought he played well this year. I, you know, I was... You know, I kind of thought that they would they would go Drew Shelton after grooming him to be behind Olu, and then they stuck with the tried and true veteran, and you know that it paid off. Yeah, yeah, it's that that's why they make the decisions that they do. Um, I'm definitely not, I I don't think I would have picked him, but I'm not mad at that pick. I think that that's you know it's it's we're uh, we're splitting hairs a little bit with this group trying to find the second teamers. I think. Yeah, I, now I'm really interested to see who you're your second teamer is going to be i'm really interested because I, I i'm looking at three guys and i i i wonder if you have somebody i don't have yeah i don't know i'm uh this is tough uh, after i after i make my pick i'll tell you who i almost went with okay um but i, I think i'm gonna go ryan bates okay 
And the reason is is partially because we we considered him as an interior offensive lineman, and uh, you know he 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 was a, he was a strong interior offensive lineman candidate, um, but he played a majority of his of his meaningful snaps at left tackle, and he he was a he was a stalwart left tackle there for a long time. Um, so if I'm I'm applying the 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 same consistent criteria I've applied for my my tackle picks so far, you know I I think he fits that category well. Um, you know, he, 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 he made a, made a strong impact at a young age and it's hard to do as an offensive lineman. I, I think it's, 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 it's really hard for me to discount coming in and, and, and playing big time, big 10 offensive line and, and, and doing it successfully. Here's why I like that pick. And he was, he was my other top guy that I was, he, he's probably the guy I woke up this morning thinking I would, I would, if you took <laughs> Olu, which we would have had a real fun conversation if you didn't take Olu, but I, I thought I thought it would be Donovan Smith and Bates. But the reason I like Bates is I think he should be on the team. I just don't know what position he should be on the team at, but I think he should be on team. Uh, he was he was a very very good solid offensive lineman for, for Penn State. Not 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 on the on the top team. I guess he was on the sixteen team, but uh, yeah, I, I think Bates deserves to be deserves to be on the team. So I I, I think. That's I think that's the right pick. I probably should have done it myself, but I'm glad that I got Caden Wallace on there because you know, and it didn't it didn't hurt the process. I it, he he got on where we where I wanted to put him in on the second team. So yeah, yeah, and, and I do th- I do think Wallace is probably better than the other two three guys I was considering. So I'm dying to know who you, who else you had on your list. Yeah, I mean, I probably man, the same guys. Controversial. Yeah. I I might have put Rasheed Walker on this list. Um. You know, Caden Caden might have been a better player than than Rashid. It's it's tough. I mean, this is not a knock on on Rashid, but I you know I certainly wasn't expecting him to to uh, you know leverage his college career into a a what seems to be a full time starting position at Green Bay. Um, he's doing great stuff in the NFL and and reunited with his with his college teammate Sean Clifford. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he. I'm sure he didn't think that some year in the as a professional he'd be protecting. He'd be himself. taking snaps, blocking yeah. uh, for Sean Clifford's blindside. <laughs> Joe will be happy. I'm bringing this up. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I I think you convinced me though. I, I think I probably would have put Caden over Rashid, but you know, he he was he was in the conversation for me. There's a couple guys, but he was sticking out, and I think it's part of my left tackle bias. Yeah, Walker, I. I thought one of the four should have been a right tackle uh, and Walker was of the left tackles. I, I thought I was going to put Bates on over Rashid uh, because I thought Bates was a more consistent tackle than, yeah. than, than Walker was of those three. I thought he was, he was the third and I, I thought he probably maybe had the most potential of any of them, but I, he was definitely the most inconsistent of the three as a, as a player. Yeah. Anybody else you were considering just out of curiosity, because there's one guy I, I'm not going to put him on the wild card, so I'll mention him. But, but oh, who, I'm who, fascinated. Who, I was, who was who else? Will Fries? Will Fries played That's, forever. He was another one. I, I, I think I would have taken Rashid over Will. Fries. I would take Rashid over Will Fries. But and there was but another was, one that I, I don't know if you're going to remember him. But he, uh, he, that he was he was definitely up there. He's another one where, you know, I'll I'll be watching I'll be watching Red Zone or I'll be turning on a random game and I'll see Will Fries starting with the Colts and I yeah. You know, again, I I feel like it's, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to 
act surprised or anything. You know, it's not like it's some wild. Um, but I, he, he just never struck me as that type of guy in college. And, you know, more power to him. The other guy I was considering because I always kind of liked him, but he was always hurt a lot. Andrew Nelson as a sophomore in 2015 was really good. He was a really good player. And then he got hurt and didn't play much the next two years. So, so he kind of fell down for me. But he's another one kind of in the Donovan Smith range where I thought, you know, physically he, he would be able to play today. But he just had so many, so many leg injuries. But when he was healthy, he was a really good player. Wasn't often, but he was really, really good as, as a right and, and as a right tackle. So I was kind of considering him against Wallace as a right tackle. Well, I mean, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be allowed to put Tangwall on the uh, the list at guard, I don't see any reason, you know. I, what I honestly, I think that's that's telling about the the depth at tackle versus the depth at guard too. Is is I, I think there were more tackles to choose from than true guards, and maybe that's because they yeah. like to to groom these guys as tackles before you know potential professional careers. I don't know, but it might be different if if uh, if there were. If there were more guards that we were picking from. Yeah, I, I think it, it, some of it is the, is the depth and the, the NFL careers that the tackles had made it a little easier to bump some guys ahead and some guys who the, the injury issue guys kind of moved down the list a little bit. But yeah, I, I, I think today is going to be the, the toughest day of all of our maybe, you know, receivers will be tough. <laughs> uh, defensive ends will be tough, maybe linebacker, but I, I quarterbacks, but I, I think this is the, the toughest day we're going to have on the all James Franklin team, but, but I'm glad we got through it, Sam. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. This week. Thanks for having me. All right. For, Don, for Sam Freeman, this is Donnie Collins. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week as we continue the all James team and whatever else Penn state has for us in the, in the coming week. <laughs>